Hey everybody, welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, newcomer to all things Yona, diving into this story for the very first time. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host. Hey, that's me. I'm Alex. Uh, I have read everything and now we've both seen everything. Have I done that joke yet? I don't know that we have yet, so solid. Oh wait, but we have it because... Oh, the OVAs. OVAs. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, save that joke. Put a pin in it. I take it back. Um, yeah, I'm all cut up. We're on another hiatus, but it's fine. It's less than Snow White with the red hair, which I realized I was behind. Did I tell you about this? I realized I was behind like three chapters, and then I got caught up, and so I just read the last three chapters, which was at the end of like and this current arc, I think. And I don't know anyone or what's happening there's like political intrigue going on and i'm like i don't know who any of these characters are dude just like get back to obi (laughs) that's all i care about so i shouldn't have taken like a three-month break on that one because i really don't know how to keep (laughs) oh well well in this case we are ready to dive into chapter 62 and 63 and thankfully we are not confused yeah, we are in political intrigue stuff, but it all makes sense, I feel like. Um, and we're heading into more, probably, because we're going to Kai. Unexpected for more. Unexpected, yeah. Because your prediction for the last time was that uh, they were going to the Water Tribe, which was fair, because I feel like you forgot that there were other countries <laughs> that we could visit. Yeah, that is true. I did. I am a little shocked that we didn't get, I also predicted we'd get Suwon, and mm-hmm. we're just getting talk of Suwon so far. Okay, interesting. I was going to count this as sort of right, because you did say you hoped the flashback of the last couple chapters was strategically placed, and we were going to get more Suwon, and we do. We're sort of like starting to dive into him again and get yeah, more of him. Yeah, yeah. When I made my prediction, I meant like, they were physically like going to come upon him or we were going to see something from his point of view. And they are just talking about him and hot grappling with the fact that he still exists. And yeah, so I'd give, I would personally give myself a half point. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The running tally that I'm absolutely keeping track of. (laughs) Okay. Well, we, basically spoiled everything but whatever let's get into it <laughs> oh no we have so much more yeah yeah i guess that's true oh my god i have this is gonna take forever it's fine uh chapter 62 before the blade strikes the opening art is of yoon patching up a generally amused jiha but i want to talk about the inside art of Ginte and judo because this is Ginte is is a an unusually young general yeah like hawk yeah well that's that's my point like hawk is younger than him and also uh teu is taking over and he's even younger than hawk and oh yeah who else i mean gintai's pretty young too i that they're pretty much the same age like within a few years i think so yeah, really only two of the other five generals are older than him, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, so it's well, actually old. more common to be a young general <laughs> than it is to be an old one in this. That's my point. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird <laughs> thing to like, point out. I did really in- enjoy this, because you know I love my man Gunte, and I'm pretty sure Judo was the one that I called sexy last episode, right? 
see possibly that it's you been like you'd, three weeks you'd, yeah so. uh, that's why i wasn't for sure but i'm pretty <laughs> sure he popped up in the flashback chapters as well and i was like yeah he can get it and you were like i don't get it i but other people find him hot so okay yeah it's almost definitely him then um yeah i still don't get it <laughs> <laughs> to each their own i will take my two sexy men i also enjoyed that little factoid that judo used to be super referential to gunte and now he just like does it <laughs> and then of course gunte loves it gunte loves people who will talk shit to him yeah it's i respect that about him, him honestly like i get it me too okay so on to the story hawk is finally training yona how to use a sword and it's not going super great after their session, she's all bruised and cut up, and Gija is apoplectic. Yep, he is mother-henning hard, he's doing the <laughs> pedestal thing on her, with her again, where it's like, you know, she can't have a blemish. Not his Yona, no. Um, there's, a, there's a fun joke where Jiha and Hawk steal Gija's food while he frets over the possibility of Yona dying during a training session. And then when Keisha takes his food back out of Hawk's reach, Owl immediately starts eating it from his, like, other shoulder. Oh, I missed that. That's fantastic. It was really cute. Oh, I need to start paying more attention to the background. You should. That's, that's the, like, privilege of getting to read this a second time, is I get to focus on other things in the background. It's nice. So I do recommend, like, reading this a second. If anybody, I mean, I can't imagine anyone is listening to this podcast and reading along for the first time. But if you are, when we get to the end, you should go back and read it again because it's great. Um, and speaking of food, Shino wants to give his share to Yona in case it will help her heal faster. And Yun says, Yona's just fine. Precious. So then Yona says she's getting extra training in while Yun decides where they all go next. Uh, he says he knows where they want to end up, but it's tricky to get there. Um, as that conversation is happening, Jiha takes the opportunity to tease both Gija and Hawk by talking about how hard it must be for him to point a sword at his beloved Yona. When Yona has been safely distracted by the conversation, Jiha says, you're so slow, you should just tell her, if you take too long, I'll steal her away from you. And Hawk says, you sound like you're joking, but you're kind of serious, too. Uh, and then things get a little tense between the two. Yeah, he's kind of stepping to him. Um, also, I did think it finally occurred to me that like this is really solid because sometimes I do forget that Hawk and most of the gang are teenagers. And this is really peak teenager for him to be like, shut up, don't tell my crush I like them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> And yeah, also Gija or not Gija, um uh Jiha is older, so he's very chill about it. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on you and I'm gonna tell you a little crush that you like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, you cannot do that. I did laugh at Hawk calling Jiha droopy eyed freak. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just calling anybody a freak in a non-sexual context always gets me. Like that joke <laughs> about the person who ate, or that person who ate the whole pumpkin loaf and their mom called them a little pumpkin eating freak or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It kills that me. Also got me. <laughs> uh, solid comedy every time. 
Agree. Also, is it here that we get the side panel about Jiha's clothes and where we find out that he's wearing a crop top underneath his robe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's wearing like a little bolero jacket. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> just wanted to point that out. Yeah. It's so weird. I wonder, I should look into that. I have a plan at some at one point in the next arc that I want to talk about fashion. And I wonder if that is uh, a thing or if Kuznagi was just like, we're going to throw on a little crop top just to be a little sassy. Yeah. <laughs> so it remains to be seen. That's a good idea, though. I should I should make a mental note. So right now, all I want to talk about is uh, Yona's outfit. Yeah. Okay. Basically. <laughs> but then again, I, I think I I think I actually mentioned this in like one of the first or second episodes, but um yeah, I don't know anything about fashion. So <laughs> kind of putting it off because I'm a little nervous to like tackle it, but we'll get there. Yeah, okay, so then <laughs> I did like the joke that you <laughs> Yoon kind of uh, breaks the fourth wall and he's like, cut that shit out. Love triangles are too messy for this kind of group d- dynamic that we have going on right now. Uh-huh. Which is appreciated. Love triangles are exhausting. I like the way that this one is handled because it's basically not handled. Like, I... Jiha's not a second lead. Like, he's not even close to being, like, a rival. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think so either. There was that moment here for a second where I was like, okay, is he trying to assert himself finally? Because he was like, I might steal her from you. But just, I can't picture him actually actively going for it. Especially knowing how much Hawk likes her. Yeah. Like, it seems he's kind of resigned himself to that. But he'd love to get in on it if they'd let him. <laughs> As we see later. <laughs> oh my god, he would love a threesome. Um, so that night, after everyone gets ready for bed, <laughs> sorry, I just connected what uh, you were talking about. Basically, <laughs> pull back the tent. So good. Uh, right. So that night, uh, after everyone gets ready for bed, Hawk comes across Yona practicing her sword. He tells her that she's getting really good, and sorry, pretty good, not really good. He would never say really good. Uh, and smiling brightly, she tells him, really? And then more seriously, she says, then let's go kill Suan. Zero to 100. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these panels are so cool. Like, that's just, uh, it's like eerie in a good way. Yeah. And I see he tends to get like a specific look in his eye, too, when Suan is mentioned or he sees Suan. Just that like, that Andre. shock. Yeah, that look yeah. that he gets. I actually haven't noticed that. That is like like a Suwon specific. Interesting. I've only noticed it. I think maybe this and one other time. And then I think I saw something you reblogged recently of a more recent episode where he's like Suwon, and he has that exact same <laughs> face. So I assumed it was a thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I believe you. I will actually keep track of that now and see if he gets like like touchy when Suan's mentioned I'm sure he does because like he is obviously but interesting he has like a specific face so yes um 
uh, Suwan pops up behind her. This is this is a dream, but he doesn't know it. And so he wakes up. Uh, and I thought this was really well done. I feel like dreams can be like really cheesy, but uh, I think it works really well for he- this, uh, especially for Hawk, uh, because he wasn't really dealing with the whole situation on the surface. So of course these thoughts are going to manifest themselves in other ways. And so Mm -hmm. dreams are kind of the perfect way to like work through things that you haven't actually processed in your real life. Yeah. I think this works great. It does. The place he can't escape him. And he can't escape him. He's still haunted by this guy that he like, he's trying to move on from, but he just can't. Because you got to deal with it, Hawk. You can't just, like, repress. Which I know that's his favorite thing that's to his do. his favorite thing. It's why we won't tell Yona we're in love with her. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love these chapters because this is, like, the moment that Hawk became my favorite character. Um, so I wasn't paying too close attention in my first read through and I didn't pick up the fact that Hawk wasn't really dealing with any of this, his trauma until this moment. And then it's like, bam, he's been suppressing it this entire time and he's not doing okay. And before now, and I've complained about this before, I think he's almost too perfect. Uh, like he can't get hurt in fights and he like can't be killed and he's so nice to Yona and he's like such a simp and he's like, I'll do anything for you and I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And he's just like this perfect boy who is kind of an asshole, but like in a lovable way, (laughs) like nobody ever gets really mad at him. That's just sort of like, ah, that scamp. Like, I think he's a little too perfect. And then you hit this and you're like, oh, there's the flaw. And I love it. So yeah, uh, it, yeah, so it seemed like he was, oh, also, so like along the being too perfect, it seemed like he was also able to move on from Suwan's betrayal fairly easily and logically and only got really upset on King Eel's behalf or on Yona's behalf. Uh, but now here we get our first like real idea that the whole thing affected Hawk deeply, like personally, but then yeah, he buried it like he does everything. So yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Solid analysis. No Sorry, doubt. we keep skipping around. And also I wrote these notes like two weeks ago. So all <laughs> the last two sentences while I was saying yeah, so yeah, we're just uh, me going over things that we have already said. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is messy. Um, but yes, so thank you for letting me rant about why I love Hawk because this is the moment. So I don't know. If you don't like Hawk, then sorry. I mean, you don't have to, but that's why I talk about him a lot. Because I think there's a lot of depth there that's really interesting. But it's the same with, like, basically all the characters. And Yona specifically, like, she has a lot of really good depth, too. But it's not a surprise. Like, we get Yona from day one, and we always get her point of view. So to be surprised. And she wears her heart on her sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just... It was a fun surprise. All right, so then Hawk gets up to check in on Yona and then checks on pretty much everyone else, too, because he's a nice boy with a big heart. Uh, and then he envisions pointing his glaive at Suwon and thinks, no matter how strong her highness becomes, no matter what she aims to achieve, it's my job to put a blade in you, even if it costs me my life. 
so then we move on from an imaginary Suwan to a real Zeno, who basically confirms it will take his life. Zeno says, you shouldn't rush to throw away your life. There's a faint smell of death clinging to you. This was a, a good conversation just because, and I think part of it has to do with what you just said about we're conditioned to see Hawk as perfect, that it's really kind of almost a gut punch for someone to be like, his mortality is a thing. Yeah. Like, it's basically just him and Yoon who have that. Because as Zeno says, it's like, if we die, we'll just get reincarnated. It's fine. Like, you, like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think this also, is Also, really- oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I do also have to get my Zeno joke in. Uh, but he's <laughs> looking at MySpace quotes now. Because... <laughs> Some of the advice he gave was fairly my spacey. Don't throw your you. away. I hate you. <laughs> I know you do, but continue on, friend. I could not let that pass me by. <laughs> yeah, fine. He might get a little cheesy, but I don't see it as cheesy because he's perfect and could do no wrong to me. So. Yeah, but before we get too far into this, do you have any thoughts on him wanting to kill Suwon and Zeno being like, you're going to die. Because I've talked about the theory before that Hawk is going to die by the end of the series. And I don't know what to think about this section. Like, I wonder if Hawk is actually going to kill Suwon or if it's going to be Yona or if it's going to be neither. That's a good question. Well, I think part of it has to do with, well, do we even believe Suwon is going to die? No, there's that Uh, too. I kind of hope he doesn't, but... I find it hard to believe. It would be a nice subversion of expectation, but it is kind of hard to think of a world in which Suwon and Hawk both get to survive. Yeah. Because at least, and I don't have the benefit of the future chapters to support this, but at least right now, Hawk clearly cannot be satisfied if Suwon is still out there after what he did. So unless we reach a point where a lot of growth, you know, to quote John Mulaney, unless a lot of people get a lot of, get really cool with a lot of things really quickly, it's hard to imagine Hawk just letting Suwon exist. Mm. Unbothered. That's a good point. I would very much not like Hawk to die because that would just be the worst. Okay, Some... forgetting that I know anything about the rest of the series, wouldn't it be the worst if like they still haven't confessed to each other and it's been like 300 chapters, right? And on his deathbed, he's like, I've always loved you. And Yona's like, but I didn't know how to tell you, but I've always loved you too. And then he dies and then they never like get together because he's dead. <laughs> oh, that can't be. Would that be the worst, though? Oh, that would be the worst. I <laughs> am going to assume Hawk's not going to die, or if he does, it wouldn't surprise me to have some magical red dragon thing where he's on the brink of death or does die and is able to be brought back by the power of love or something. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay, I can't I can't respond to that because all my thoughts involve spoilers. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
I don't, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to die. But I really hope they don't do the, like, fake out, he's going to die. Oh, just kidding. He's actually a supernatural, the shield that we're looking for, and that saves him. Like, I hope it doesn't turn into one of those things. I hope he's just, like, cool. (laughs) He just gets to live. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is an interesting section. And I think it's going to be really fun to revisit once the series is over to be like, oh, I wonder where that led to or like, what happens with this sort of like faint clinging of death sticking to you. And then this idea of Suwan has to die in order for Hawk to be at peace in the world. Yeah. Although maybe that's what Zeno is getting at here also, because it's like you need to abandon this if you want to have any sort of good life. Ooh, yeah. Which I think is fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this sort of, uh, um, what am I trying to think of? Um, inability to let go. Grudge. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, holding a grudge just, like, isn't good for you. Um, I don't take my own advice because I love holding grudges, and I will do it forever. Yeah, same. I know I just finished uh, watching the latest season of Cobra Kai, um, as you know, because I've been messaging you about it. It was the weakest season. I did enjoy it, uh, (laughs) but it was the weakest season. Um, If anybody else watches it, I felt they, and it's something we've talked about on this podcast couple times it's not great when people just reset someone's character growth and they definitely did that with johnny this season and a couple other characters but whatever i digress but um it's in my mind because they and i think it was a line from the original karate kids that daniel was quoting but he had that whole thing about when you go on a quest for revenge you gotta dig two graves (laughs) (laughs) and is that what is that what zeno's getting at here (laughs) okay I'm not going to lie. That's kind of a baller line. Um, Yeah. Yeah, probably. Honestly, that's a better reading of it. I took it literally because I'm stupid. No, no, I took that literally too. I only just now, I only just now remember. Oh yeah, Cobra Kai. Because you mentioned grudges and stuff. And then I was like, oh yeah, that reminds me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so you already mentioned that Zeno says that they'll be reborn, but he's irreplaceable. I think it's really nice that Hawk immediately tells him that he's no more replaceable than Hawk is. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. no, you guys aren't replaceable at all. Like, we like you as people. We don't just like you as dragons. Which is a nice echo of, like, Yona's insistence that they are people first and, like, people who can do things for her second. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't put that together until just now, but I was like, soulmates! <laughs> All fades, and we love a found family. Love a found family, too. I think that's lovely. Uh, yeah, so then Xeno looks surprised, and then he smiles and bows and thanks on behalf of the four dragons, and Hawk says, you're the dragon I understand the least. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. <laughs> because it's true. I mean, Xeno's kind of a wild card. He's so quirky and random. He's so quirky and random. <laughs> and then I think this is the MySpace quote you were getting at earlier. He says, what you see is what you get. I may not be one of the greatest dragons, but we're all here with you. Relax. Try not to shoulder everything alone. Interesting thoughts being put forward. 
so then Yona shows up and Zeno ducks away, leaving her and Hawk alone. Yona gives him a loquat because he looked pale earlier and eating something sweet might help. And she says, you know, Hawk, if there's something you'd rather be doing, that's okay. You can. I've been taking so much time ordering you to give me sword training and being selfish. Is that hard on you? If there's anything else you want to do, I want to respect it. Which is nice growth. We've come so far from the bratty princess who ordered Hawk around without a second thought. And now she's like, oh, but I'm actively like trying to be a better person. Yeah. Also, I did look up the loquat to see if there was any symbol symbolism behind it yeah uh there was no i couldn't find any japanese symbolism uh but apparently in chinese culture it is a symbol of gold wealth and prosperity and there was a post i guess one of the characters in the untamed was eating the loquat at one point so somebody had a whole post about it uh, gotcha. But apparently they can even symbolize um, married and prosperous couples who are living in peace and happiness. Did you get that from the Tumblr explanation of the untamed? Because I think they might have a, a slight uh, slant on their view. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> No, I didn't look anything up on the loquat. Even how to pronounce it. So if I'm mispronouncing it, sorry. I just took my best. Same. Same. Yeah, so then Hawk says, it's true that focusing so much on you has been hard on me. She looks surprised. Oh, sorry. Um, And then he kisses her eyelid, I think. It was definitely a choice for him to kiss, like, that part of her face. Yeah, it was hard to tell because I was like, it's almost a forehead kiss, but it looked a little, okay, it makes sense that it was, yeah. No, but it doesn't make any sense at all because it would have made more sense to be a forehead kiss, but also he is like almost certainly a teenage virgin. So like he probably hasn't really had much experience with girls. Uh So maybe he like went in for it and kind of like aimed wrong and got her eyelid instead. Yeah, he is much larger than her. Uh, and I even put in my notes, I'll just redraw it big, but at the risk of, you know, returning to early aughts culture, the best explanation for what Yona reacted to uh, this was, do you remember this emoji? <laughs> yes. For our listeners at home, it's the big O, the period, and then the little O. And I remember you loved it. You and Maria. I loved it. I used this so many times. <laughs> but I feel like that is the perfect encapsulation of Yona's reaction to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Really unexpected, which ugh, I love. It's so relatable to me that she's completely oblivious. I get that. Um, yeah, so then he kisses probably her eyelid for some reason, and he goes, there, I've taken your advice and done something I wanted to do. Thank you for being considerate. Good night. And then he casually leaves while Yona is, you know, staring with that one big eye and one small eye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but finally, some romance. It has been a hot minute. I think chapter 49 was the last, like, big hot Yona moment. Oh, yeah. 
And then at the end of my notes, I have, I feel like Stefan, this chapter has everything. (laughs) Uh, And then 63. I hate this. Drag racers. I always cut them out, but maybe I should just not cut them out this time so that people can understand my pain. What you go through. Edit out drag racers on my street because people are allergic to mufflers in fucking Southern California. Maybe when you move, you'll hear them less. I don't think so because I'm moving really close to a highway. Mm. (laughs) But maybe you can't get as drag racy on highways because they're actually active. Yeah, I'm also just hoping that the highway is going to be like a steady sort of noise rather than random bursts. Yeah. Okay, chapter 63, Swaying Journey. Uh, Yeah, so we already mentioned this at the top of the episode, but Yoon has finally decided where to go. They're going to Kai. Which opens up a whole bunch of things for us to explore. Because if we can go out of country lines we have the five tribes that we can visit plus north and south kai plus say and shing towards the south there's a lot of places open to explore now um yeah Oh, oh also your prediction was great by the way the water tribe we haven't been there we will go there so yeah it wasn't bad uh, just not yet. So, Yoon wants to go to Kai because it's even colder than the Fire Tribe lands. So, any of the crops they find over the border will likely grow in their lands as well. But it's dangerous because Kai is an enemy nation. So, Yoon proposes Hawk and Yona wait at Iksu's while Yoon and Jiha explore. Yuja and Shina are welcome to come true, too. And in the background, Zeno says, What about me? Which made me laugh. <laughs> I immediately well first of all a really cute adorable Hakuna chapter cover uh second of all um uh, god I did another early aughts emoji the the t underscore t for crying face oh yeah uh was me because I mean, I understand there was no way in hell Yona and Hawk would have let themselves be left behind. But can you imagine how enjoyable an interlude would have been of them just <laughs> hanging out, hanging out at Ixu's? Oh my god, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that until just this moment. But that would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. Oh wow, my god, what, you have to write that. Write me some fan fiction with that. Uh. <laughs> I wouldn't do it justice. <laughs> but yeah, I there are very few things that I want to explore in fan fiction with this series because I feel like they, they, they cover it all. Everything. But that uh, you just yes, yeah. My fanfic writers write us an AU where Hawk and Yona do follow Yoon's advice and then just go hang out at Ixus for a while. God, that would be great. Uh, but yeah, no, they say no. Uh, Yona has to go. And Yoon is like, yeah, I figured, which is cute. Uh, so it's settled. The whole HHB is going. They find an old rope bridge to travel across, on which Gisha gets about two steps before he almost falls through and dies. Uh, uh, the funniest panels. 
Yeah, he's your boy. So you want to talk about these panels? Yes, I do. Uh, first of all, why didn't Jihad just hop them over one at a time? <laughs> I think, doesn't he say it in the story? He's like getting tired of being just a pack mule, basically. Well, I know he mentioned that last. He was just like, what am I, a horse? But yeah. still, practicalities. <laughs> but I'll allow it just because these were really hilarious. Yeah, you see um, Gija's falling through the rotten wood, and you just see just, like, like a little pattern of his grandma. And then his <laughs> yeah. face, first of all, his face when he's falling is funny as fuck. That's another one of those panels I want to save. Uh, and I laugh that Jiha couldn't even finish his lie because he's in the middle of saying, like, if you guys fall, I'd only save Yona and Yoon. <laughs> <laughs> And he can't even finish saying that because Gija falls and E.G. has immediately proven as a liar because he catches him. Mm -hmm. um, I then, do love that, by the way. I love when characters are like, I don't care about anyone or anything as, as they like do the exact opposite. I love characters like that. And yeah, so that was a nice moment. I, I really yeah. appreciated Jihad in that moment. Yes, that I love that shit. And then it's also a really funny panel when he goes, it was a unique experience. Because he's talking about, uh, first of all, it just looks really funny the way it's drawn. But he's mentioning that his life flashed before his eyes and it was mostly his grandma because he's been <laughs> sheltered all his life. Yep. So, uh, my poor boy. Your poor boy. Yeah. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. Yeah, so Gisha, having almost died, is like, why the fuck are we doing this? Why can't we take another way over? And Yoon says that they have to take this particular bridge because they'll stand out too much trying to go across the flatlands between the countries um, because soldiers usually patrol the flatland area, uh, though there haven't been many soldiers in that area lately. And Hawk says, that's disturbing. And then Gisha says, so you picked the path that can kill us all without any help from soldiers? <laughs> Which My is man's a very good boy. joke. <laughs> uh, and then we move on to info dump time. From what you knows, Kai is no longer nearly as mighty as it used to be. It's divided into North and South Kai, and North Kai is constantly under attack from nomads living even farther north. Which was interesting. I like the world building in that this is like a small section of the world, but also we've never heard of what's above North Kai. Mm -hmm. And I am kind of intrigued by it. I wonder if that's going to be a thing ever, if it's just going to be like general uh, nomadic threats to the threat to Koka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, anyway. Uh, their armies are busy protecting many of its borders. Across North Kai, some strong families have consolidated their power and influence. They're the ones really in charge. As for South Kai, the climate is more habitable and standard, and the standard of living is higher, so many nobles, merchants, and bureaucrats live there. The emperor's cousin is on the throne in South Kai. Um, so basically it kind of seems like a vague well that's interesting because i was thinking vaguely north and south korea as we know it today Me but too. also coca is fantasy korea so everything is korea 
Every <laughs> Korea all the way down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then the border between North and South Kai comes between the Earth and Fire tribes, it looks like, like vaguely, if you're keeping up with the map in your brain, which I don't think you are, but anybody out there who's interested in maps. Uh, so Zeno says, so the emperor lost his power and the local families in the area have gained it instead. Kind of reminds me of King Eel and the tribes in Koka. And Jiha and Gijo try to quiet him, but the damage is done. Hawk and Yona have heard. Uh, so Yona thinks, I see some similarities too. Suwon, okay, I was really dumb. I Did you get confused by this section? Because I could not figure out that Yona was speaking for the longest time. I was really lost. I don't know. Wait, was where was she speaking? I'm assuming I was lost because where was she speaking? Oh, yeah. Well, not speaking, but thinking. This is her like inner monologue about seeing the similarities between the the situations in Kai and Coca. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Where she's talking about like, um, did Suwon do what he did because he didn't want Coca to be weakened? Yeah. 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 I did. Okay. You got that. I'm just stupid. Okay. I couldn't figure out that she was thinking this the longest time. Uh, but yeah, so she thinks that Suwon said he was taking revenge for uncle Yuhan's murder but I've heard that father was so determined to avoid conflict that he let himself be guided by the winds of the tribes and nations. So yes, then she thinks, oh, is he actually trying to keep Coca strong? So what do you think? Uh, I definitely think the latter is a huge consideration with Suwon, just because we've already seen him take strides to strengthen the kingdom or to improve a situation like when he was visiting Gunte and everybody how he you know engineered things so that um what's the word I'm looking for when people buy things the economy like the economy would go up because he's <laughs> I am also, yeah I am also stupid fun fact Jeez, uh, we are on a roll today. Yeah. No, we were English majors, but <laughs> words. What are words, though? What are words? <laughs> um, it's doubly sad also because, as you know, I'm taking a couple of online courses that are work-related, and the one lesson this week for... Um, my business and marketing writing course was actually on word choice. Like the whole lesson was on word choice. That sounds and fascinating. Here, yeah. Oh, I learned so much, dude. Yeah. It, it was, it was actually like really good lessons. This That's week awesome. For both my classes. Yes. All kinds of shit that I wouldn't have thought of that I will now think of when writing shit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, just we've already seen Suwan make those strides when he was in the Earth Tribe, uh, you know, kind of helping with the economy by like engineering these elaborate situations. It's like, oh, you'll wear this necklace and then people will want to buy them and uh, your wife will sell her tea and make it exclusive and we're generating income that way. Um, and his wanting to having or what where were we was it the fire tribe where did we get jiha 
I can't remember where we were when we got Jihad. That was the Earth the Tribe. Okay, that was also still the Earth Tribe? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So in that same thing, like, Suwan was going to go and take out uh, the bad general whose name escapes me. And then... <laughs> Kunji. Yeah, and then our group had already taken care of that. So yeah. he does clearly care about the kingdom. Okay, like it wasn't so you... just... You buy this theory that he... Yeah, yeah. Which I'm glad because I always... It, it's a huge cliche that you see all the time in the fantasy genre where the villain, quote-unquote villain, wants to seize power and become king, like, just for the sake of becoming king. And yeah. then, like, you know, shit immediately goes downhill and taxes is raised and people are immediately dying because he, the person just wants to be king. And doesn't give a shit. And so it is nice to have a subversion, or at least what I've seen so far as a subversion, where he sees power, but it's not just because he's power hungry. He actually gives a shit. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. That's what makes him so compelling. <laughs> cool. So then... <clears throat> Yun says they're going to Sen Province, the land on the easternmost border of Kai, just over the Fire Tribe border. It's supposed to be safe from nomad attacks and nowhere near the center of power. As long as they play cool and don't draw attention to themselves, they should be just fine to pop into a small farming bis- uh, farming town for recon. Yun that repeats like this famous three last times. words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds like famous last words, but now you're reminding me of. Yeah, <laughs> keep a low profile because that is his that is the big bane of his existence he tells them all the fucking time <laughs> lay low yes he reminds them three times in the futile hope that any of them will be normal for five goddamn minutes and you know <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely bunch of freaks uh yeah also yoon finally managed to secure a second tent now they all have shelter. Uh, not just Yona and Yoon. Yes, Geisha is so grateful to not deal with bugs. <laughs> yeah, which I would be too. I, same. Uh, you know my struggles <laughs> with bugs. So I too would be at the point of tears if I no longer had to worry about them after being besieged <laughs> them every night. Yeah. Uh, one time, okay, so when I was in the Peace Corps, uh, I had what my group affectionately and horrifyingly <laughs> called uh, the Molokau House. Molokau is um, uh, centipede in Tongan. So we had the poisonous centipedes from chapter three, chapter two. Yeah, these bitches were, I've seen pictures of them. We're not talking like a little one-inch house centipede. These bitches are like six, seven inches. Yeah, if you're curious about them, I think you could look up tropical centipedes. But yeah, they're giant, they're poisonous. Um, They're not going to kill you, but apparently their bites do sting. Uh, well, I, we did hear a story of a girl who came over, she was in like the, the group behind us. So we were there for about a year. And then, um, what they did for Tonga was they would fly us into Fiji and then the group from Tonga would break off from the group in Fiji. Cause there's no direct flights to Tonga. That might not be true anymore. I think there might be direct flights to Vavalu, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, 
one of the girls uh, fell asleep on like a Molokau nest and she got bitten so much that she had to go to the hospital. And if you go to the hospital in the first like two or three months, they just like send you home or if they have to medevac you. Um, I don't know if it's actually the hospital, but if they have to like fly you to a different country for medical uh, assistance, I they just send you home. That might be a myth that they told us, but also it doesn't matter because I don't know if the Peace Corps is ever coming back. I'll be very sad if it doesn't. I don't think it's going on still because of COVID. Anyway, this is getting really off topic. I had the Molokau house, right? So I had centipedes all over my house all the time. Like I had to kill one every couple months probably. I'm very good at it. And I'm very proud of that fact. Uh, but they're fucking terrifying because they'll bite you and like it hurts. I never got bit. So that's a good thing. I don't know how Someone much got hurt. bit staying with you, right? Yes. That's the story I'm trying to tell. Okay. <laughs> long story short I was asleep in bed it was probably like midnight and all of a sudden I had a couple girls staying over at my house we had like a sleepover uh and uh not girls like um other Peace Corps volunteers so we were like early 20s um so they were sleeping on my floor and one of the girls Kayla uh like woke up I was reading in bed because I can't sleep ever i terrible insomnia and uh so I looked over and she was like freaking out she was like I think something just bit me and I was like oh okay <laughs> I don't know what to do because I've never been bitten by a cow and I don't really know what to do about it and also they're not you know actually poisonous so I was like do you want an Advil <laughs> yeah said, yes and then she tried to drink it but she was so nervous that she immediately like puked it back up <laughs> oh. thing. and then uh I was like I don't really know what to do for you do you want my bed and she was like okay yes so like she stayed in my bed under the uh the mosquito net and I slept on the floor and just didn't get bit but uh <laughs> yeah why did I tell yeah. that story <laughs> Oh, because Geisha's happy to not deal with bugs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you had to, I mean, we've seen they have big centipedes in this world. So exactly. Lord knows. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, just not pleasant. I wouldn't even want to look at one. Let alone be bit. As you said, like, it's not like poisonous. Like you're going to die. You just hurt for a little bit, I guess. And don't you sometimes get like a fever maybe? Uh, I don't remember. Possibly. I also like the story where um, one of your fellow volunteers would show a video of how to kill them to the newbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. I loved her. She was uh, like, yeah, I was, I had my iPad out for doing something else and I saw one crawling across the floor and I was like, this is perfect video opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. But also I agree. I'm sad I didn't get one of myself because like I've never felt more badass. <laughs> but Yeah. Should they also had a Molokau house. They what theirs was. I don't know what was wrong with mine. To be honest, like there was no reason there should have been that many in my house. But oh well. Um, but with theirs, they were staying in Viney, and they had the first. They they were the first volunteers in many many years in Viney. So they had this house that had been around like just unoccupied for you know, years and years on end. And then they were the first ones to go back in and they were like, Hey, we fixed this up for you. Have fun. And they were like, uh, this is infested. 
<laughs> so I just have like a ton of also Molokows. I don't know why they didn't get the Molokow house and I got stuck with that nickname, but whatever. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. If you're uh, wondering so- about it, the way to kill them is you have to get Black Raid, because in Tonga you have Black Raid and Red Raid, and Red Raid was not strong enough, so if you sprayed it with them, they would just get very mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> what you'd do is you'd spray them with Black Raid, and that was strong enough to like freak out their nervous system, so they'd immediately start like wiggling around in place. And then you had to take a knife or something sharp, but I always had like a specific mol- We all had Molokow knives. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new a new detail that I didn't know that you had an, all, a specific Molokai knife. Yeah, because you're cutting a bug that's been sprayed with like bug spray. Like you don't want to. Yeah, heavy duty bug later. spray. Yeah, you have Molokai knife, so you'd take your Molokai knife and you'd go after it. You'd cut off its head like a zombie. That's how you kill them. The black base or the black raid wouldn't kill them. It would just stun them to burn. Right, exactly. No bug spray can kill them because they are from hell. They are hell beasts. So I'm with, I I stand with Gija on this point. (laughs) You're right to be very excited about a tent. Um. Okay, so sorry, way off topic. That was the best tangent ever. You better keep that whole thing again. Um, so Yona is, oh yeah. Okay. So they, Yoon wants her to stay with Hawk instead of him in the two person tent because they're off in the wilderness and he's like, but bears can attack. Uh, (laughs) okay. Okay. So Yona freaking out about the weird fucking kiss that Hawk gave her last night says, what about Geisha? (laughs) And Yoon says, tells her to take pity on the boy and let him get some sleep while he like freaks out in the background he's like oh my god i could share space with yona (laughs) (laughs) which is fun uh and then jiha and zeno offer but yun shoots them down zeno's useless and jiha is just as much as of a danger as a bear yes yeah and then Yona asks Shina, but Hawk cuts in and asks if there's a problem. And Jiha asks the same thing, and she tells Jiha, Hawk did something strange. Uh-huh. And then we get a couple panels of just a big thought bubble of Jiha, where it's like his many interpretations of strange. Because you know <laughs> his mind is going into freaky territory right now. But I do, I love that that comes after a solid panel of him just standing in, like, stunned silence. <laughs> I was frozen, and he's like, you can tell that his brain just, like, went offline and then rebooted, like, really fast. <laughs> uh, but his face makes me laugh every time. It's so funny. So then Yona creeps into the tent and there's a whole moment where she thinks he's going in for a kiss, but he's just pulling back the tent flap to show Jiha spying on them because he's dying to know what's going on between them. Rude, same. Uh, So Hawk offers to sleep outside, but Yona says, wait, sleep here. She tells him she's worried that he'll be uncomfortable if he sleeps outside because he always looks uncomfortable and somebody has to worry about his neck and shoulders because he clearly won't. And I so... Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say it is funny when Jiha shows up uh, and he's being his normal self where 
Hawk's like, hey, I can tie him up. And he's like, yes, bind me tightly. <laughs> but I just want to point out that Al is also a freak because Al has the rope ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Al's ready to go. They Well, they had to train her on rope stuff for the uh, the Kumji infiltration. Oh, they sure did. Out of their ropes. So maybe she's just like, yeah, we need to play with ropes again. Yeah. Um, I think, doesn't Hawk also say <laughs> when Jihad is like, yes, do it. Uh, Hawk says something like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Jihad um, uh, just wants in on that sandwich so bad. And I love how willing he is to get dicked down by Hawk. I forgot to mention it last chapter. Um, but when Hawk was freaking out about Yona, one of the things that Jihad did was pretend to be asleep and then go, you're so dirty, Hawk. And then Hawk <laughs> is like, pretending to be asleep and saying weird shit, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do appreciate Jihad's commitment to getting the D. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so then... Uh, Hawk knows what's up because he is like a good person and knows how to read her. And uh, before she has to explain why she's being so weird, he says, I did what I did last night because you told me to do what I wanted. And Yona replies, I know you like to tease me, but jokes like that really throw me off balance. Don't do that again. And I want to shout out the flashback in chapter three when Hawk thinks about how he doesn't like spending time around Yona because it throws him off balance. You know, right before he basically confirms to himself that he is in love with her. Oh, hey. So I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Maybe there's a parallel. Good catch there. Uh, so then uh, Hawk basically chickens out and uh says okay i won't do it again and yona's super relieved and hawk is like great this is fine <laughs> so they lay down to sleep but yona looks over at hawk and thinks oh dear i feel kind of peculiar i usually sleep next to yoon so hawk suddenly seems so much bigger the, this face of hawk's i've known him for so long how strange and she touches his face and he says, tease me too much and I'll attack you. And she startles. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I have read quite a few fan fiction little drabbles with this plot. <laughs> it's like, Hawk is the bear and he attacks her. <laughs> it's cute. It's always fun. Uh, so then she turns over and thinks, I really do feel strange today. Somehow I feel a little more nervous than usual. Yeah, my girls finally she's she's in that Gija mode where it is like I don't know what these feelings are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> she's very much Gija right now where she's like, I feel weird. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean she's better than Gija in the sense that Gija was like, Wait, am I dying? <laughs> <laughs> True. At least she doesn't go up to Yona or to Yoon and is like, I think I need medicine. I think I'm sick. <laughs> I think Yoon would just break down at that point. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, my God. Uh, 
I did laugh though during this whole scene. Well, laugh at myself because note wise, I typed in all caps bed sharing time and then a few more bullets down. Yes, bed sharing time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, accurate notes. Those, I am also very thrilled that they get to bed share. Yes, and it it's a really cute panel to end on too because she looks so adorable. She is the tiniest spoon to his really large but respectfully distanced big spoon. Yeah. So those are those chapters. Man, what a good run of it. The last two chapters we did were flashbacks of Hawk and his ex-boyfriend. And then this one is Hawk dealing with his feelings about his ex-boyfriend while his current girlfriend figures out that she might start to be liking him. Start Mm -hmm. to be liking him? (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, I think I'm losing my mind. Start to be liking I start to be liking you. (laughs) I hate this. Uh, Okay. Well, should we end it? Because clearly (laughs) nothing more intelligent is going to be said tonight. (laughs) One more thing. Uh, My prediction is they're going to run into some weird soldier shit because it was thrown in there about like there should be more soldiers at the border and i feel like that was a that detail had to have meant something Mm -hmm. okay so all right on that note yeah oh also we're on social media so hi come find us people are really nice on twitter to us sometimes so if you are one of those people thank you for being nice retweeting our stuff it's really cool of you means a lot yep at yona pod for sure so until next time guys all right bye